Ooh, Jamie with the lipstick. I need coffee. Hi, Brie. Hi, Brie. Hello. Oh my God, I'm so tired. Ugh, this day. Hi, Breeze. Hi. Hi, Kimmy. Hi, Tabs. Hi, Jane. Hello. Oh my God, boss lips. I know. I said Jamie right? with the lipstick and the nails. Yes. Looks gorgeous as always, even on se- 17 minutes of sleep. Yeah, I was actually kind of hoping <laughs> she'd look like, you know, <laughs> she hadn't slept. One of us. <laughs> even though she only sleeps four minutes a night. Still so vampire. Still coming in hot. Coming in hot. Still coming in hot. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. Tonight we are talking with Brianna Olson, who is the author of to infinity and beyond words and we are going to be discussing her project in her community to get equipment and inclusive items in a park which is really great the name of the episode tonight is making change taking names and tonight i have jamie hello jen hello kim hi rachel hey everyone and brianna hi thanks for having me yeah, if you want to do just a quick introduction to your family and your page a little bit, let us know who you are. Yeah, so we know I'm... who you are, but everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I am Brianna Olson. I live in Nebraska with my husband and our son Beckett. Um, he is six years old and he is autistic and happens to be nonverbal. I have always enjoyed writing. It's really therapeutic for me. It's something that I like to do to pass the time. Um, I've done it since I was young and I kind of wanted to run with this and take the opportunity to kind of explain our world to others. That's kind of how it started out with just wanting to express ourselves to a family that might not fully understand what our world of autism looks like um, or or what that even means. And then it kind of quickly evolved into advocating past that for other people and kind of in an attempt to make social relationships easier for Beckett. And for Beckett, you talked about him being nonverbal. Does he use a device to speak? What is his communication? Yes. So currently he is kind of in the middle of, we're working with some sign language, um, but for the most part, we're really pushing at his strengths with an AAC device. Um, So he uses a program on an iPad for that. And we're kind of just taking his lead on that. Whichever road he chooses that he really takes off with, we fully support. So I love that. We brought you on to talk about this advocacy, which all of us want so many things in the community, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to be easier for our kids, have places to take them that work for them and a community that understands that. And just a place that's easy that you can just show up with your kids and not have to worry about the no fence or the parkings too close to the playground or, you know, what there's a pool in our case right next to the park or a pond also in our case right next to the the park and no fence you know so tell us a little bit how this started so Beckett's favorite things typically involve the outdoors and so we spent a lot of time in his really tiny years going to the park and really enjoying that and then we kind of noticed as Beckett got older and bigger that 
his favorite part and slowly kind of encroached into being the trip to the park. He just enjoyed the walk there because there was less and less things for him to safely participate in. And it kind of pushed us to think outside the box about, well, if my kid has less and less options, what does that look like for other families that may or may not look like mine or you know, whether that be developmental disabilities or physical disabilities, there's limitations across the board there. So doing some research on my own, I, we have about 300,000 people roughly in our city and we have 93 parks here. And within those, we have one adaptive swing, one adaptive piece of equipment that's mm. truly meant for. And you're for, in Lincoln. Yes. We're in the capital city. Mm. And oh my goodness. So I, I wanted to reach out and find out who could get me more options, more, you know, for my son. And I kind of wrote on my personal Facebook page and I asked a general question to my friends, just saying who would be the best person to contact to get additional equipment added to our local parks. And it kind of exploded from there, realizing that, you know, he's of course not the only one and we want that for everybody. So I remember Brie reading one swing. One. <laughs> oh my God. A swing. People in the a park. swing. Oh, Why don't you make 300,000 people wait for that swing? Because we're super good at waiting. Oh yeah. <laughs> waiting is our our <laughs> Yeah. We wonder where our kids get it from, right? <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. But that's the coolest part, Brie. This is a series, as you know, called Hear Me Roar. And huh. There's something about, we've all, I mean, we could probably count on our 50 something episodes about a trillion and a half problems that we've addressed, (laughs) have figured out this is a problem in the community, but you went to Dr. Google for some statistics and then you took it further. And that's the thing that I applaud because I know that you sleep in a hallway. (laughs) I know that you have a burden of a special circumstance in your life right now. I know that, and I say sleep in a hallway because you're that dedicated mom that's trying to hear and breathe through the door. Yeah. I know your life and still you took action. Hear me roar, mama. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's amazing, which had me just thinking, Brie. <clears throat> I don't think I'm, and I'm in a, I'm in the largest tri-city outside of Vancouver. I mean, we're fastest growing. I actually don't even know my population. Rachel could probably Google that faster than I could. I don't even know what my population is. And I don't know of a single adaptive piece of equipment anywhere. See, and this this made me feel bad because in my area, we have parks, they're further out from us, but we have parks. And I'm always complaining about the fact that a lot of families take their typical children there, which is great. Like it's an inclusive park for everyone, but they usually take over all the equipment that's for disabled children. And that's so frustrating to me. But then I'm reading about all you guys. I'm like, oh, I'm lucky to have anything at all. So I should stop complaining. Well, I mean, (laughs) no, I think that's, I mean, it's a valid point though, that I don't think that the education is there. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, other families aren't aware of, you know, the particular use for this piece or that piece, you know, what have you. Exactly. Like, um, look, we can fit 13 people on this swing. Yeah. They really look at wheelchairs. They wouldn't look at it and know that it's an adaptive equipment. It would just be like this big giant swing or, you know, something with some extra strap. After I said that, I do remember there is one park. There is one park. They were about to call you. (laughs) Yeah, they're about to call me. There's one park. (laughs) And I was going to say, there are signs on those swings. But I'm, you know, know. (laughs) and it's not the little kids that frustrate me about it. It's like, 
the parents that aren't doing anything and there's a kid waiting in his wheelchair and I'm like ah yeah, get yeah. off the swing. Oh. The other thing too is, you know, you have to wonder, and, and Brie, I don't know like how much, you know, you got into the design of things, but you have to wonder who designs these parks. It, even a kid's, you know, we have this uh, Langley Event Center. It's this beautiful park on, it's outdoors, but it's almost like it's indoor with the, the, the flooring and stuff. And it's open everywhere under this massive parking lot that goes under the, the busiest street in the oh freaking my God, city. The same. Yeah, and it's like, same. who designs these parks? That yeah. these children, yes, you're supposed to be watching your children. Have you met an autistic child? Those people can outrun Ben Johnson on oh my a God. good day. My <laughs> son, day. My I son mean, can met any child? I mean, yeah. any three-year-old? Yeah, yeah. any three-year-old. Yeah. They're so fast. You know, yeah, my- so all of these parks that have these openings, I always think, God, who designed these things? To begin oh my gosh. When we were working on Nixon's eloping, like safety cues, mm-hmm. which we still work on, but I braved taking him and Nora to the park by myself. She was like walking. I'm like, okay, I don't have to carry anyone. Like she can walk. Oh, this will be blah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, well, I didn't think that, but I'm like, I can handle this. <laughs> I did not think it was going to be easy, <laughs> but I tried anyway. And the park was connected to a baseball field that had like open fencing. And then next to that was a school that was under construction with these giant freaking bulldozers and the glorious yeah. adventure ahead to go see the equipment. And so he takes off running. I'm like scooping her up under my arm. My kids aren't light. I'm like running after him with her under my arm. Been there, been there. Been yeah. There. there was like no fence. I'm like, what the? Why is it you, Tabitha? I was just thinking someone had a story. They're like, stop her. Stop him. Wasn't it you? Yeah. yeah. Like, I have one of those too. I have a few of those where I'm like, somebody, please. Like, there's obviously just a child running through the parking like, lot. She's wearing rain boots and glitter spray. And I'm like, Tackle her! Yeah, is better than lost. They don't want to touch someone else's kids. They're afraid they'll get sued. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just trip trip them. It's fine. (laughs) I will. I will sue you if you don't tackle her. I was. uh, I was trying to use the safety cues that were not working at all. Stop! Stop! (laughs) Well, Brie, so we we want to endorse the uh, the large and barely see through fence around your park. But I know that you've been working on each detail, and I know that you're hoping for a board that looks like a PEX system so that. As you enter the park, you can mm-hmm. tell your mom what you want and dad what you're looking for and towards. Yeah, tell yeah. us about the specifics of it. So I'm glad that you brought up the fencing uh, because that was right up there at number one on our list. When all of this started, I know, I mean, I'm not naive. I know that I'm one parent. I know that I cannot single-handedly accomplish this. This is very much a team project. And so I kind of reached out to a local nonprofit for autism and the president is now a good friend of mine. And she, no questions asked, um, no hesitation, jumped right in with me. And she was like, let's present this to Parks and Rec. Let's kind of get this started. I know that there's been several attempts by other parents in past decades and it was denied essentially for, you know, they didn't see the demand there. And I think that as, you know, the years have gone by and statistics change and um, the evidence is there that they're understanding how great that need is, um, especially in a city as large as ours. And, you know, it goes all the way back to we're really trying to nail into them that fencing is a huge thing because 
neurotypical or developmental disability like autism, you know, your kid can run off in any direction. And unless you're a track star, like you're not catching Beckett. I can tell you (laughs) right now, it's not going to happen. Our kids are fast. (laughs) We had to really drill into them that it's a very, it's very much a two person job, essentially, like lack of a better word um, for that outing. It's just my husband needs to be on one end of the park and I have to be on the other. Um, you almost need some rando person standing at the edge of the We'd slot. like to rent a third, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Where do we get one of those? Yeah. <laughs> so, I have to say here, I mean, I'm sure there's places that have the adaptive equipment. I'm, there is a place that has a swing near here, but almost all our playgrounds are fenced in. That's great. It's hard because they're so cheap here that like you also have to go to the schools to use the playground. Like the, the school playgrounds the double as like the public playground. Our school playgrounds aren't enclosed either. None yeah. of our school oh, playgrounds are enclosed. Oh my God. All the that I can think of be, are. around here are all, except for like we have a couple that are like at the beach. Those ones are open obviously because it's like, but I feel like even though those have like a smaller playground within the playground that's fenced. So you ever really jealous we of have, a yoga mom where you're sitting there at the park and oh they're sitting the there yoga. drinking their friggin' First Starbucks all, with their sunglasses the on and you're running around like dripping in sweat trying yes. to catch even your when little person? Because it's like you're anticipating it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Yeah. even oh, when yeah. they're fine, you're like, yeah. But at yeah. least if it was enclosed, you know, you might be able to sit at least because you know your kid can't get out. So oh, yeah, you, yeah, or you only have to block like a three foot entrance <laughs> and exit. Yeah, that, like all these open. Like areas. let me just stand by this one. Three, we can't wait exit. to see your fence. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Go fence. Yeah. Go fence. It sounds like there will be nothing in it, but I promise that's not where it ends. <laughs> but you know, who cares, Bree? If it's just a circle enclosed, girl, you did it. <laughs> you did it. You're welcome. I will stop my husband out to do fences everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Cool. We need I would suggest help. a coffee hut outside of said <laughs> fenced spot. Oh, if Brilliant. I had my way, I tell you, there'd be a yeah. Scooters or Starbucks or some kind of drive-through. I'll send you a business thing. proposal for that. So what did you have to do? So you went to the Parks and Rec and what did you have to propose to them? So we kind of had to give a literal presentation saying, hey, um, I did some research around, you know, surrounding cities around us and towns even with populations less than even a fourth of ours that have either more single pieces of adaptive equipment or that have mm-hmm. an entire fully inclusive playground at their disposal within their city. And I just wanted to reiterate to them how far behind we are as a city. We are behind the ball. We are severely lacking and our kids are not being made a priority. And so we kind of just told them, hey, there's nothing like this here. You know, we really could make this a destination. You know, there's lots of families that come from around here for various medical appointments. And, <laughs> right. Yes. Absolutely. Different therapies. And mm-hmm. this could be so beneficial for, you know, because we have to drive right now so far to get to anything like that. There are, like I said, there's ones around us, but they're not, you know, they're a drive. So we just kind of said, there's nothing like this here please help us out. And they listened. I think they heard us, you know, to an extent, but like I said, back to the education portion of all this, I think there's, there's only so much they can understand because they admittedly don't have any experience with the world of disabilities. They don't. You're like, you want to do a sleepover? Right. Come on over. (laughs) You can sit in the hallway with me at 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) 
so you know they're they understand to an extent they're trying to be understanding they're trying to get it we've gotten to the point of we created a work committee where we all you know different walks of life Um, there's a few parents such as myself and different advocates from you know we've got uh, people from the blind community the deaf community we want literally all ages and all abilities to be able to use this Um, and that's not something that's I don't know that there's really anything that's been done that way before, as far as all ages go. Um, I you know, was just gonna say that. Yeah, that's I don't key. think that there really is, you know, because it's it's not fair. You know, we see these signs all the time that say this playground is for ages five to twelve, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the ages are, and that's all fine and dandy. But reality is. My son's interests very well may stay the same Mm -hmm. that they are now when he's 30 or 40 or however old, you know, the the likelihood of it changing, you know, are somewhat slim at this point. Yeah. So, you know, he's still going to want to swing. He's still going to want to go down the slide. And what do you do with a six foot tall, 250 pound individual if they are now excluded simply because of, because of their age and their size, that's not you know, that's not inclusive then that doesn't, if there's a cutoff for an age or a cutoff for a weight or a cutoff for certain abilities, then that's not inclusive. That's not for everyone. Right. That's really cool. Our parks don't do that. That's a really good idea. Yeah, that is fantastic. I, it just made me think about, you know, there's, we all know there's not a lot of places that our kids enjoy going, you know, in general. Mm -hmm. And when we find something in Chunky Cheese or something that Kaya loves, but all of the rides will say, only up, you know, eight, eight years. Well, what does years mean? It, it, listen, you can go ahead and tell my kid to get off that carousel. I dare you. <laughs> Nothing else in here she likes to do, but she's literally not supposed to be on it because she's 11. Right, I still want her to go on it, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's interesting because the, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that that's somewhat of a understood topic, but you know, you're often going to see a 20 year old that could have the cognitive ability of mm-hmm a five, six, seven, 12 year old, you know, so it doesn't matter what your appearance is, but your appearance is not going to always match your right. ability. So yeah, or your wants. It's your needs. Or your wants. Even. Yeah. 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 My or daughter needs, needs yeah. a goddamn swing that she can fit in that doesn't like squeeze your cakes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and those cakes were the size of a woman when she was five. <laughs> so tell yeah. me five, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, that's, I was just thinking that because on the playground that I just spoke of that we go to, it does have age limits on it, which I never actually really thought about three until now, but a lot of that, I think comes down to liability, like in terms Mm -hmm. of policy and stuff, like a a company's things would be weighted to a certain amount for safety. Yeah. Well, I think they're generalizing the though that an eight-year-old's going to weigh this, a five-year-old's going to weigh this, of course they you are. know, yeah. right? Which also, I know is why the carousel autism is like, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. older kids are so rough, like in general, like old, and a lot of yeah. times they're not supervised. Like obviously we're supervising our kids, but like in general speaking, you get those group of kids that are like 12 and 13 and they're not supervised and they come in and they right. rough stuff. Right. So like, I think a lot of it is more towards that or just a safe space for the younger kids to be able to go to like at certain parks and stuff. But we ran into this where Alyssa was at one of those indoor places that have like the slides and stuff. And she was with her babysitter and she didn't realize there was an age thing on it and they wouldn't bend. They wouldn't let her. And I think it was like 17 and she was like 18. Like it was, 
Oh, they wouldn't let her. Who's they wouldn't let her go on. It's like, God, yeah, who's so stupid. Like, well, it and- wasn't things. It wasn't things that I understand. Like, Alyssa at twenty five can't maybe go on like those little um, motorized rides at the mall anymore. <laughs> Like, she will probably break them. So, like, I understand, although she may not understand, I understand that. But, like, these were not, was not equipment that would, like, this was durable stuff. That, like, I mean, if a 17-year-old can go on it, pretty much anybody can go on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think, too, for a lot of us is a place where we take our kids to get regulated. Mm -hmm. If you're having a really, like, for my kids, especially if they're having a hard day and we get outside, it can flip the whole script of the day. It can mm-hmm. change everything that's happening in our house just by being outside and being able to like be free and do what they want and be in a space and, you know, Let feel the fuck. earth. Yeah, do whatever. So worrying about safety when you have this place that you need to go to to like reset your energy is hard. I mean, I want- remember trying to get from the car to the park. Oh, yeah. And that was yeah. dangerous. Oh, my in the God. Parking yeah. lot. And then again, Again, getting into the park area and the worrying about her getting out of it because yeah. like, you know it's just right. yeah I mean, it comes all the way, we discussed all of that all the way down to I think we almost blew their minds discussing things like restrooms we were very adamant that incontinence is a popular topic um, amongst de- um, different disabilities and we were trying to explain the importance of having family style yes. restrooms changing rooms yeah. so that you know dad or can take his daughter yeah. or yes. grandma yes. can take yes. her yes. yes. um, any these caregiver can well lisa from cody speaks need, talks yes. about it you know if cody has to go to the washroom and it's just her she has to take him so she's taking a 20 plus year old man into a bathroom you know what i mean so that's a perfect but then add incontinence to it and you're talking about changing a person on a floor of an outside bathroom exactly yeah that is despicable and yeah, certainly yeah. isn't meeting the needs of the people in the park. Right. I don't even think our parks, of... any of our parks have bathrooms, to be honest. They do oh, here. <laughs> some do, some don't. Some do, some don't. Some some do. If, if yeah. it's a park that has like a well, you field have your attached, fence, like a soccer so why don't field. You just... Oh yeah, you take your fence, Kimmy. You can just yeah. go in a corner well, you know. in your fence area. <laughs> we go to the nicer city that's a few miles away and they all have bathrooms at their parks. <laughs> Ours have like porta bodies. Yeah, yeah we, that's what the one that's what the one that's attached to the soccer fields have. We have yeah. some that do and some that don't. It also says culturally to the community that there is eyes on you. It, like mm-hmm. to meet a whole need so that it isn't a swing for 300,000 people. Right. But that it's the first of many parks hopefully that mm-hmm. help to honor the whole family at this place like get the god dang bathroom Bree, were... i don't know if you can answer this or somebody else but what adaptive i don't know what adaptive equipment i mean i'm out of the loop they didn't have these things on oh girl i'll send you a video of i know of at just madison's the, playground it is something. i know the um high back chairs they have like i know those the swings but what what other things do there's like zip lines on a chair there's it looks like a mega seesaw, like almost like a senior living place might have one as well, where you can wheel on with a wheelchair from like the actual level of, so you wheel on strap down, like there's particular places to strap a chair and then you can swing that same realm. There's like a, it's called a spinner. So mm-hmm. it's like a zero entry, like everything's zero entry that's on the ground. So wheelchair, it's their wheelchair accessible. So um, it's kind of like a merry-go-round that wheelchairs yep. can wheel right onto. Um, and then they can attach to said equipment and 
stay safe in that regard. It's just, it kind of blows my mind how there's no understanding and there's kind of a bare minimum kind of consensus between, you know, standards. Supplying and, a, and providing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like, like ours too has that kind of stuff, but it also has like more sensory friendly stuff and more like some that. of it's not even like equipment you get on. It's just like, I mean, all our parks kind of have like musical things and stuff, but um, our inclusive parks just have more of that because there's some kids that don't like to do that. Well, we literally yeah. have like a slide thing that you can like roll a kid it's got the over. roller too. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's like not necessarily a slide, but it's like just straight across but they can get on it and they can go across if they can't do the slide, which, and they also have the slide. So they just like different options. Like they can do it on their bottom. So like yeah. Celia goes on that roller on her belly. She goes on her back. She yeah. On the belly herself. She makes, Oh, there's a roller dragging gotcha. each other. There's also like, um, to Jane's point about all the sensory stuff in one of the biggest, most updated parks near our family, there's like big, huge tunnels where they're super tall instead of being so tight. And then in that space is crystally looking glass pieces. Really, I'm sure it's much safer than glass. Okay. <laughs> that. But there's like almost Sharks like stained glass. Plastic. Plastic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. And like all the jewels and all the drums and all the things that like allow for imaginative play and input and sound I mean just all and just like that not like wood chips or it's like that can we stop with the wood chips our kids put that stuff in their mouths and and their hair it's a sensor yes it's impossible to push a wheelchair across so yeah I never even thought about that Brie it needs to be that soft padded foam almost yeah and it if in a perfect world if I were to completely design this park on my own and I just kind of drew something out I wouldn't have any stairs I wouldn't have you know it'd be like a very uh universal level because if in my mind if there is a point where your child can hold the hand of another person and that person has to stop and your child can keep going that's not inclusive there should be parallel play all the way through or you're leaving somebody behind Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that about ours too so there's like stairs but there's also like a hill so you just run up the hill if you want to get or you can push a wheelchair up that hill like it's not a very steep slide but there's like different options of how to get to things too so mm-hmm. that everyone is able to do that but I was gonna say overall like my favorite thing about the inclusion parks is like having a place to go where it's not crazy that my kid's screaming or it's not crazy that my kid's running off like to this day <laughs> When I get to the park, if we go to the park, you know, like once you go to the park, you're going. If your kid knows you're going to the park, you're going to the park. You're going to the park. And I, if I get to the park, even if you say parking lot, yes, to go to the goddamn park. Yeah. And if I pull up and there's like 20 kids, my heart Mm. sinks. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. same James. At like a regular park, not at the inclusion park, because I just know we're gonna. My son doesn't understand how to like interact with other kids, and so it means I'm really in there. I'm involved. I'm gonna get looks. My kid's gonna get looks. So that's my favorite thing about the inclusion park is that you can go and everybody's welcome and it's okay. Like if your kid's screaming, it's okay. If your kid's like jumping, clapping or anything else, like everyone's kind of welcome there. And that's my, I mean, obviously all the equipment is very important and having a safe place is very important, but it's, it's just so nice to to have a place where you belong. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because I very much took that approach with parks and rec. And I kind of said, you know, 
if you create this community, this destination, right in, you know, right in the midst of everything, and you have that full intention of, you know, people have that understanding, that unspoken understanding that if I bring my family here, I'm going to encounter varying disabilities. I'm going to encounter, you know, all walks of life, all ages, and it kind of promotes that education on its own. And then you can take that with you to other parks that are trying to kind of implement it that slowly. We have lots that that's kind of like in the rules fundamentally, as you walk through the gate, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the gate that clips way up here, Free one. <laughs> yeah, at the very top. The one that you have to like stomp twice, hop once, do the double right. and then Secret you can code. do the clamp. Yeah. That wink, wink four times. Right by that <laughs> is the sign that says the rules, like golden rule style rules. Not so, yeah, yeah. So you went and did the presentation to the Parks and Rec, and then what did they say? They said we hear you I think that they kind of came at it from an approach of yeah we totally were thinking about that we totally want to do that and we're like "Ooh, but you didn't so here we are (laughs) refunding was the first issue at the city right funding of course so that so let's say you get over that hurdle what was the like what was the big big definitely in their kind of in their ear we have since kind of connected with a city council member here that feels equally as strongly as we do about this project and he kind of took it to city council with a vote um, that passed to that granted us kind of our first a hundred thousand dollars allocated towards um adaptive equipment itself for the city one rope for that strip but that swing (laughs) (laughs) one rope you're getting there yeah. Yeah. it's so good though do you have land Amazing. like do you have this spot already we are currently voting it's kind of that battle right now of which park it would go best in so we've um, at the last meeting the last uh, work committee meeting we were explaining the reasoning for eliminating all the parks that have a lake that have Ugh, um, please. you know I thought that that was a given but nope <laughs> I'm like, hey, even if there's one entrance and it's like three inches wide, my kid will find his fun yes. through there towards the water. Yeah. So, Bri, at any point, did you find that they were like having a hard time imagining what you were seeing, what you were talking about? I do. I think that, and again, I know I, I'm like a broken record, but I really think it's about the education of it because I think mm-hmm. people understand to a point. They understand that we want what they have we want what the you know whatever they want it's actually not even that we want what they have it's our children should have the same opportunities absolutely as a neurotypical children which child which by the way could go do any freaking thing in the world they want right my kid just wants to be on that dang swing right it's like it's so limited the options the thing that my son finds joy in are the the list is quite short at this point yeah you know um it's like electronics or a walk, or, you know, like I said, spending time outdoors is a huge thing, Um, but he's a big sensory seeker. So spinning, swinging, he pulls enjoyment from that, but he also uses it to regulate, like we regulate. Mm -hmm. It really brings him back down when he's really struggling and he's Mm -hmm. having those hard days. So it's hard to kind of advocate and push for something that our city doesn't have while ultimately trying to get them to understand the need for it in the first place because they don't understand why they don't think that there's you know they don't think that it'll get 
a huge amount of use. They don't think that there's a huge population for this when the numbers are only growing. You know, autism's like I was gonna say this. if they Googled one in it's, it's only children, the most prevalent I mean, disability. Well, and not only world. that, but how many how many kids that are neurotypical are there that could have sensory issues? Like you don't right. have a disability right. or have yeah. you know motor planning issues or need PT it, for it's whatever. It's gotta reason. get used yeah. regardless. Like you, yeah. you know what I mean? It'll be used by the people that are at the park. No yeah. matter what. It's not like it's not like a neurotypical kid's going to be like, oh, we don't, they're going to probably gravitate more towards that stuff than like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'll use it probably just as much as the, dis- and then say it gives our kids an opportunity to um, be with their peers, you know, to be with mm-hmm. kids their age who may not have a disability or do have a disability, you know, mix the communities because that's who's going to be out venturing in the, world. At, in the world together. Yeah. I was going to say that just when you were mentioning like the merry-go-round that someone on a wheelchair can get on on ours there's like a bench so mm-hmm. the person in the wheelchair can be on and then other kids can sit on and I just love that yeah and we brought but it to I their think- attention as well um you know it's not just about I mean we focus on our kids because that's the the life that we know that's the story that mm-hmm. that's engraved in our day-to-day but it's also you know someone brought to my attention from our little kind of private committee that we kind of teamed up with different parents and things like that that the parent is actually the one with a disability and she couldn't get to her child if something yeah. happened like if oh, you yeah. scrape your knee or break your arm god forbid like it's like how do you get to your child if it's nothing more than you know accessible to the bare minimum you know yeah, uh, that's, that's not a good point yes so. then you can't take your kid to the park mm-hmm. because it's not safe for them and someone recently said something to me that really stuck with me she she said, people tend to think that if a person has a disability and nothing's on fire at the moment, then everything is fine. But that's not living to just be, you know, we're talking about quality of life here. That's, they deserve to experience play and excitement and joy in this life, just like anybody else does. Yeah. Yes. Well, you'll hear people all the time, like, oh, we can't go to that park because there's a lake there or this or that. And you'll hear from other people like, well, just keep your kid home. And it's like, so you want our kids to just to live, be at mm-hmm. home the rest of their lives, hiding away? Like, That's no, we well, need, you know? Yes. And what about their siblings? So now the siblings also have to be hidden away because, you know, you don't necessarily have somebody who can stay with the other child while you take right. the sibling and nor would you want to do that as a yeah. parent. But yeah. yeah, like Kim, you stayed home with your four kids. You couldn't leave three of them alone to take Alyssa to an adaptive park. I mean, or, to, or leave Alyssa or home person. to take the other kids. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's why, like, I think some family. of the adaptive equipment is like, so like, you know, like the wheelchair swings, an older child, they're more durable. Like an older child can be on them. So that's something good for, you know, Alyssa say doesn't have physical disability. She's not in a wheelchair, but like she's older. And also it doesn't seem as odd to people for her to be in that type of swing as like on like a, you know, some younger equipment or something. Yeah. I know that shouldn't matter, but like, that's, you know, that's just a. Someone mentioned the equipment. That breaks you down. Yeah. The looks, I mean, over time, all the time you know, there's things here that allow you to sit. Sorry, Jen, there's things here that allow you to sit with your kids. So like I can be with Seely, mm-hmm. or like, I mean, there's just so many options that. Yeah. I mean, it's all about parallel play. That is the biggest thing that we have found through this whole process of speaking to, you know, the engineers and the people that actually put this stuff together and that the purchasing, the people that that goes through, it's all about parallel play and playing eye to eye and playing next to each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if my six-year-old son with autism 
is playing next to a 20 year old with autism or a 10 year old in a wheelchair or a, you know, whatever the ability, you know, it's really important that that's, that's made mainstream, that that's made the norm, if you will, like if that's, you know, that needs to be what the world looks at as normal, because I mean, what does that even mean? I don't know. Yeah. You know yeah. What does normal even mean? We don't and, uh, Rachel, I think you said, or someone said, you know, you're getting looked at and I can't believe I, 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 we have none here. Yeah, we do. We have one. We have one. But for the, the size of our city to have one. Um, but now that you mentioned the wheelchairs, the, there's this big almost saucer, which is adaptive for them to get in. All of the, um, there's almost ramps that go up through all of the stuff so wheelchairs can get in. And I just remember being on this, I went once or twice with Kaya, but I just, I just felt so comfortable because every family there, whether it was a child in a wheelchair or a child with autism or a child with hearing, whatever it was, we were all special needs parents. And so I just didn't worry about anything. I didn't care about her. Not that I, let me be clear, I don't give two rips about what she does anyway, even has a problem with it, they can beat it. But it's just to be in that place, you just feel a little more comfortable, you know, with yeah. other families. Yeah. You just kind of get that nod to a mom or. Oh yeah. And you, you know. get that out in the community. I took the kids it was shortly after Nora's diagnosis and I was kind of like in a fog at that point. And we went to the park and there was a, he must've been in his twenties. Um, I mean, I can't say for sure that he was autistic, but I'm a hundred percent sure he was autistic because I didn't ask his dad, but he was stimming and on the sw regular swings where the kids, all the kids are whipping around him and he's just laughing and swinging. And his dad was like leaned up against the tree watching. And you could just feel the energy of like a person who his child has grown through this life and they've been out in the community and they have that skin that's like shed that they're not like taking in anything that's going on in the environment. And just, he was watching his son swing on the swings as a, a grown man and getting joy himself out of it. And it kind of like gave me a perspective into the future that you don't have to like have the views of everyone's eyes on you. You know, it was mm. really beautiful actually. And people who aren't in our community should be seeing things like that mm -hmm. out in the community. You know, if you have an inclusive park where other people can come, then you're going to see part of the magic that exists in our lives out in the community. So it's pretty right. incredible. It's beautiful because when we know better, we do better, right? Right. So yeah. if you're, if you're witnessing that everywhere you go and that's the new reality for everyone. And that's something that you see on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not, so it doesn't stand out. It's not, you know, I want my son to have somewhere that he can feel is his. It's very, very important for me when I am gone, that my son has somewhere that he can go and be himself and stim and swing. And no one's going to give him a second look. No one's going to think that that's odd or strange or they'll be like him. double taking. Is this the kid? Who's this park? <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be good with yeah. Oh my god, is that the <laughs> So is the goal is of an inclusive park to be geared just for the children with disabilities, or is it like for is, everyone? Or is it for everyone? Yeah, very much everybody. I think you know we don't ever want to count anybody out. I think the intention mm -hmm. behind it is to support those with disabilities because that's so lacking and that's not something that yeah, we see yeah, you know because the choices are so limited everywhere you go as you guys know so um, but of course we want to 
I think that's how we ultimately teach others, Everyone. other people's children, <laughs> you know, the importance of that and absolutely kind of yeah. push that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the intent is there. And you're taking in everybody park yeah. and trying to make it inclusive by adding other equipment, mm-hmm. not building. That's what I was trying a, to say. Thank you. Yeah, instead of segregating uh, our kids. So right. like, uh, even more community that we had lived in, there was like a right outside of a hospital, like a, you know, I'm making this up like 40 by 50 um, playground, uh, inclusive playground. And it was much more a uh, playground for kids with disabilities than mm-hmm. it was a fully inclusive, like room for everyone. Hey, let's have the whole community come and play. So yeah. to your point, Kim, I think that there probably is some of both, but because well, I was we- just going on what Jen was saying, how it was, you know, you go there and there's all other, you know, moms with kids of disabilities. So I didn't know if there were parks that were a mix. Yeah, yeah, this one is the, the one I'm referring to. It is um, it is a park specifically for special needs children, but it's for families. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's multiple children. Right. Like my friend Nicole that took me, her son's autistic, her daughter's neurotypical, but she found this park and it's great because it's adaptive for her son and yeah, her yeah. other child can have a good time. And yeah. yeah. So basically well, where you are with the park um, stages, action. Uh, yeah, action is that you got $100,000 dropped in the pan from the city council. Yay. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> on that. And the equipment is going to be purchased for parks in the community or a park. So that was um, the first debate that we kind of had as a work committee was, do we put this effort into quadrants in the city you know kind of disperse it accordingly or do we put this all into one more destination type of a park and for us we would rather see it go towards this very large rather uh, playground so that you know again that parallel play is so important so that that kind of understanding is there that the opportunity is there so that you don't have to go across town if your child really loves this kind of equipment or if you know right again to prevent further segregating and um, spacing everyone out you know that's really difficult on families so we we'd rather see that kind of effort go into a large destination and then as you know because here it's our understanding that parks typically have about a 25 year lifespan and then they need renovated. So when parks come up and they're due or overdue for their kind of overhaul, then we expect of them to then make those parks inclusive as well. So we want to go from one large that we have existing to then trickling down to every other park that we have eventually as yeah. As they they're definitely going to take double takes at Beckett for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, they are. And I think Bri, you can probably um, speak better to this than I can. I know that Kaya's school last year, the, the one she attended, um, the pack leader was fantastic. They needed new equipment on the playground. There's no money for new equipment. She literally single-handedly helped this fundraise. She pounded the doors for money. It was over $300,000 for a tiny piece of equipment. Like it is astronomical to replace so of course it's not just the equipment they had to replace the flooring they have to replace all of the things that come with it but it was a lot of money for a tiny and i i when it went up i went oh that's it (laughs) all of that for that but so a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money but it's really not a lot of money in the grand scheme of what you're trying to do corporate letters yeah we need to get hey jeff (laughs) jeff 
Can you yeah. donate some equipment? I'm sure Amazon has something on the Amazon Prime. You can drop it from <laughs> orbit. <laughs> I mean, if we're speaking realistically in money terms, $100,000 is amazing. I mean, that's great. We are beyond grateful for that. Fantastic start. It really was like a big roll down the hill for us to get that momentum. But yeah, if we break that apart, that will probably get you about four pieces of adaptive equipment Mm. on no ground that will fill like an eighth of the park. (laughs) So that's great. (laughs) But you know, there's the flooring, there's the the restrooms, there's the the paving, there's the ramps, there's the, you know, all these things. Um, The fence. The fence. fence. Well, as I was saying, it's where they put the new equipment. It disrupted the track. And so that had to be reshifted. So there was a lot of other things that went into that cost, but the cost of that equipment is not cheap. Yeah. The cost of doing is not cheap. Yeah. We Any construction just... workers in this area want to donate? I was going to say, time? get some yeah. adaptive park. Yeah. Some Anyone cement. out there? Anybody want to pour or this project? Just so you know, how we did it here was we legalized marijuana. And all, <laughs> not all of it. Some of the tax money also went towards school. But I'm not kidding. No, it's most real. of that tax money went yeah. to our parks, and they did all of our parks. I'm not kidding. Like all our parks are so nice, and they built all these. People just parks. got happy and built so, parks. Yeah. <laughs> just get high, and they you get a, a park, and you get a park. We have a whole, new rec, a whole new rec center. A whole new rec center. They call it the marijuana rec center. Fantastic. Go it's green in Colorado. That is not called that, but that's what people call it. <laughs> that's not called that. That's what people call it. She says. The uh, thing is, Bree, is that there's I I've been in um a couple of like the workings of some nonprofit companies, mm-hmm. and gosh, a corporate sponsor goes a long way. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, company I matches. Think... I mean, there's like lots of ways to fundraise. Yeah. I mean, well, like I said, what's not a house is a good time to hit people up too because it's big corporations. She says on January third. I know. Sorry, we should have done this one in last year, ladies. <laughs> get those donations done at the beginning of the year, then you don't yeah, have to worry. Get them up fresh. It's yeah, good. Lincoln. <laughs> together, Lincoln. Yeah, we. I mean, I think that's where we kind of won them over. Ultimately, was that we? I don't know how else to say it other than we're not honestly concerned about the fundraising portion because we are a big city I mean we we rally around each other you know I think that Mm -hmm. the help is there the funding is there we've got big money here it's I mean it just just say yes and you know yeah I mean it's just it's about who you know right so I went to who I know I went to this amazing person that's helping me get this whole project off the ground and in turn we're we are not even on the full fundraising stage yet because we don't have those pamphlets printed out. We don't have our, you know, to give that mm-hmm. physical proof of this is what we really want to do. Yeah. Here's and what it's looking for. Here's yeah. where your money's going to go. Yeah. And we already have all these, you know, companies and even individuals from families coming out of the woodwork to say, Hey, I Yay. really want to invest in this. I really think what you're doing is special. I think it's important and I want to be part of that. How can I help? So we've already had um, just tonight. Amazing. I went. My husband's own company was our first. I love this. It was our first um, business to reach out and say, "Hey, um, throw in an application." Because our are you Beckett's cycle, mom? I just heard that you're yeah. doing this thing. I heard this is for Beckett. So what's up? Here's yeah. some money. We want to throw at that. Um, so you know his company. Um, we put in a little application with some grant writing friends and they said, Hey, we think that this is special. We think this is great. We hear you. We see you. 
here's X amount of, you know, so they gave us $20,000 towards this Boom. project. In one of those big checks. Yep. We took pictures with a big old check tonight. It was. Oh yeah. my God. I love it. I can't wait to see those pictures. <laughs> it was That's great. Awesome. It was kind of surreal. Yeah. I mean, like, this is the thing is like, people always say like, it so starts hard, with one but... person. Mm -hmm. It starts with one person. Just and one an lady idea. leaning in the hall. Period. Yes. That's it. I mean, like people don't believe that they themselves can make change. All the change in this world mm -hmm. comes from quieted voices getting louder. That's it. Quieted voices getting louder and one person deciding to put in the effort. That's it. Small group yeah. organized. Taking people. names. Making yes. change. Taking yeah. names. I love it. Free, we need you to say, hear me roar, Lincoln. <laughs> Hear me roar, Lincoln. Come yeah. I, I just think it's really amazing. And it's incredible. Mom doing things. Anyone out there, if you don't, if you want this in your community, do it. You know, shoot a DM over to Brianna Olson. She'll like, give you oh, the details. I got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She'll tell you. Um, we love having you on the page um, and your writing. If you haven't read anything of hers, please go over to our page because she is a beautiful mm -hmm. writer. Yes, you're a beautiful many, descriptive. Many, many times I've sobbed through her pieces. Yes, <laughs> oh, me too. Thank you. In a way that is good for your heart. <laughs> so if you need some inspiration and um, some of that, go check out To Infinity and Beyond Words on Instagram and Facebook. And then DM her if you want to figure out how to get an inclusive park in your neighborhood. <laughs> You're an area. Congratulations, Brianna. That is yes. yes. Yay. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for one having me. Check us out next time for our next episode with Lindsay. She's gonna we're gonna get a background on her company, The Pampered Parent, which you all, if you listen to our podcast, have heard our ads of her company and how much we love her so check us for that episode coming at you next episode three thank you good night good night everyone bye. thank you bye thank you for joining us at the table for making change taking names an interview with brianna olson the second episode of our eighth series hear me roar if you are enjoying the podcast and where you're listening allows we would appreciate if you could rate and review us make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram you can also email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. Join us next Monday for an interview with Lindsay San, a BCBA and the founder of The Pampered Parent. We can't wait to sit with you then. We'll see you at the table. Bye.